I can look at my Russell and and I I see love and I see honesty in his eyes. He doesn't look away from me. We we look at each other and and we talk to each other every day. We say how much we love each other. Hello and welcome to the How to Relationship podcast, the podcast where we find out how to make relationships last from couples who are making it happen. I'm your host, Anais Lucia, and on this episode, we have Christine and Russell, an amazing couple. They've been together for 20 years, married a little over 15 years. They're from Canada. They're actors, activists, and just amazing. So let's just get right into the episode. Russell... And Christine, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having us. <laughs> so for all the listeners, can you just, uh, you know, tell them how long you guys have been together? Well, um, we met in 1998 and we were only sort of casual friends up until 2001. We got together on March 25th, 2001. And then we got married in uh, June, was it June, 12th June 12th of uh, 2005. So. so a total of almost 20 years together and 15 years, a little over 15 years married. Wow. So now uh, let's start, you know, from the beginning of, you know, just how you guys met. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how we met was um, I was with my friend and we went to the art store where Christine was working at the time. Uh, at the time, I'm only five foot 11, but at the time I was 230 pounds and I was yellow jaundice. I was very sick, uh, taking a lot of drugs and drinking and stuff. And um, <clears throat> so my friend David goes, uh, and this is my friend Russell. And Christine says, are you all right? And I said, no, I'm completely fucked up on drugs. And she was like, oh, and she came up from behind the cash and gave me a hug and everything. That's kind of how we met. So, but um, I mean, I was visibly sick. Anyway, things changed. I was with this other person at the time and we were friendly and we, you know, chatted a few times when I went into the store. And then in 2001, I moved <clears throat> uh, into downtown Ottawa, sort of walking distance from her apartment and also where she worked at a coffee shop. So we started hanging out more as like art friends because I was a photographer and an artist. She's a, a photographer and artist. <clears throat> we were both kind of local freaks in our own way. My health was improving by this point, and then um, we just kind of fell into it. You know, we uh, hooked up one afternoon, and uh, then kind of hooked up for three days <laughs> after that, and haven't, kind of haven't really been apart since. So, <laughs> the thing is, though, the morning after, like the first morning, uh, she had this like tremendous epileptic seizure and peed on my bed and this kind of stuff. So, after she comes out of it. She's like, well, what's going on kind of thing. And I said, well, you had a seizure and peed in my bed and stuff. And she was like, okay, well, I'll go. And I'm like, no, you don't have to go. It's cool. You know, I mean, it's kind of a drag, but like, don't, you don't have to leave or anything. And she's like, oh, wow. This is the first time this had really happened to her. So most people were just like, okay, epilepsy. That's kind of good luck with that. I have a thing I got to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, left her kind of lonesome all the time. And um, that's how we met. <laughs> that's how we got started. Wow. So. Christine, was that something different for you that like he actually didn't mind that like he wasn't like get out or whatever? <laughs> yeah. This was this was uh, I'd, I'd say completely new to me having having this 
level uh, amount of respect which was given and it, it blew my mind away. It's like, wow, this person actually still likes me after this has happened? Because I- You were a terrific person though. I already kind of knew you as this yeah. artist and you're funny and you're neat and everything. So the seizure was like, oh, geez, okay, what do I do, you know? But it wasn't, and I can understand how some people would be like, look, you're terrific, but that's a lot to take on as a responsibility as a friend. So I'm sorry, yeah. I can't, you know? but. I was home all the time. Uh, I was living on a disability pension, still am, and um, <clears throat> didn't really have much else, you know, filling my days. So it was no big skin off my nose to have her around. And she's a terrific person. I liked having her around. And to this day, she's my favorite person. It's not like I have pals that I wish I could go hang out with or I want to go do stuff with my friends. She's my best friend. She's my pal. We hang out together. Anything I'd be doing, I'd be like, oh, I wish Christine was here for this for not that it ever happens that we're apart. So, but um, <laughs> not that often, that's for sure. And then in October of that year, uh, that was March. We got together. So October of that year, we'd been living together for a while and very happy. And and then she had she took some pills uh, that her doctor prescribed, safe dose. She didn't you know take more than she should have or anything. Pretty low dose too, and it wasn't like she was taking these you know dangerously high doses. And uh, she died. We were, yeah, we were on the couch. She goes, I don't feel too good. I said, you're going to have a seizure? And she just went like that. And it wasn't like any of her seizures because her seizures are usually kind of a kind of a thing, you know, just movement in her face and she's breathing and sighing and grunting. This was just her eyes just went in different directions, man. Her light was out. And um, as a child, not as a child, but as a teenager, I had and raised some rabbits and chickens and stuff for meat. So I have felt things go from being a living being into meat in my hands in my life. So I knew dead when I touched it, man. I knew what I was. So um, I did my approximation of CPR, you know, pumping on the chest and stuff, slap her across the face a few times. And after about 20, 30 seconds, she woke up kind of swatting the air and coughing and wow. terrified look on her face. And then she said that, um, there was the whole tunnel of light thing and she saw her grandfather and she looked at her hands and they were just little girls hands and this kind of stuff. So, wow. Yeah. So oh we told gosh. the doctor and he's like, Oh my God, that's, that's okay. Maybe don't take those drugs anymore. And then in May of the following year, we've been together about a year at this point. Um, she decided she wanted to quit using pharmaceuticals and start just using cannabis to deal with her epilepsy. And, uh, <clears throat> which was fine with me because she was suffering a great deal with the pills anyway. They were not doing well. She was having lots of seizures. She was bloated. She was sick. Her gums were swollen. So her teeth were like, the, you know, it sort of swells back. So the roots of your enamel are exposed and you can get a lot more tooth decay that way. It's really bad for your gums, uh, wow. anticonvulsants, you know, bladder infections, kidney infections, all this type of stuff. So she's like, I want to quit these drugs. And I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> but we're going to have to become public activists. I can't sneak around the corners of this city, uh, you know, trying to score weed for you. We've got to become more public about this and make it a medical issue. And she's like, yeah, that's kind of what I was been thinking about the whole weekend before I broached it with you. All out in the open. Yeah. At the time, by the way, I was in a wheelchair. Um, because in November, right after she had died, <clears throat> I had this horrible back spasm which was not uncommon for me. And, um, but it didn't let go. 
for several months. And in the process, I became atrophied. My muscles just shriveled up and the doctors were kind of scratching their heads as to why a 32-year-old guy was shriveling up so fast. Um, I guess we would attribute that to my fibromyalgia. But anyway, by November, I could barely, I couldn't walk. And she was pushing me around in the snow in like this little hospital rickety wheelchair that we got for like 40 bucks. You're about 125 I was like 125 pounds. pounds. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, it was a nightmare. So um, when she quit the pills and everything, started using cannabis, seizures dropped right off. So um, they got better and better until 2008. And then she had, she was having almost no seizures during 2006 and seven and uh, like one or two a year. And then she had three and a half hour. Took her to the hospital, they loaded her full of drugs. We thought she was gonna die again. She was having more seizures. And she hasn't been the same since. Having 16 to 20 mild seizures per month ever since. Oh, so I really? really left her side for 10 minutes. <clears throat> oh, okay. I go to the laundry, I'll run across the street to grab some shawarma or something, but that's about it. I got to leave her lying on the couch too. It's not like she can wander around the apartment while I'm gone. She's got to lie yeah. down. Don't answer the phone. Don't get up. Don't do anything. Okay. Because she just get up. I'm going to go refill my water glass and then bang, flat on their face on the floor. You know, just she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. And then she's on the floor. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> I have well, to be very careful. That's, uh, that's love right there. <laughs> yes. It's like it's, it's yeah. devotion. Now, in our yeah, case, exactly. the trick to our relationship has been honesty. Well, not every relationship could handle this level of intimacy. Because, you know, I got to clean up after her sometimes when she has a seizure. Right? And it's very intimate, you know, toilet stuff. And it, it, um, it can be a bit of a humiliating experience, too, once in a while. Yeah. It, it mm -hmm. just happens. So not a lot of couples have to deal with each other's bodily fluids on this kind of intimate level. And um, so when we first got together, she's, uh, you know, and sort of negotiating our relationship, it was like, all we want is honesty, no matter how ugly it might be, be polite, be kind, but don't lie or pussyfoot or sugarcoat or any of that shit. I've had a lot of that before and it, it just doesn't work. You walk into a, you know, you walk into a, 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 um, a little grocery store and the cashier's, hi, how are you doing? You're like, oh, not too bad. Inside you're dying, but mm -hmm. you sort of, oh, hi, nice. We don't do that. You know, it's, it's, this is who we are. This is how we're feeling. This is how I'm feeling. And we're very frank and honest and not every relationship will withstand that though. You know, you got to have some boundaries, but that's what we have. But, Epilepsy forces this on us. Epile you know, it's a thing that's happening to us, not a thing she's doing to me Yeah. when she has seizures. So we have to cope with it. It's like as if we had a child and it was epileptic or mm -hmm. had other special needs. That's how we cope with this. So I was just wondering, because uh, I'm always really curious about like what initially attracts you to that person. Like, I mean, it could be a physical thing too, but just like maybe like a certain quality or qualities about them that you were like, that just kind of got you more like, oh, I want to get to know them a little bit more. Well, she saw me on TV before we met. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you were a fan. Well, <laughs> yes. well, it was just once. I was on, uh, was like, once. you guys have uh, MTV down there. We have a thing similar. And I was doing a little gag with one of the, uh, one of the video, you know, the VJs there. Hmm. And she was, she was shaving the logo of the station called Much Music into the mm -hmm. chest hair, onto the hair on my chest. So I'm standing like, hi, oh, I'm Russell and... Uh, person shaving my chest and I want to hear this song and she saw that on TV like oh, who's this guy <laughs> oh, okay. um, she's primarily into women though 
Okay. Uh, like almost 90% lesbian, but you know, um, and then in terms of what attracted me to her was that she's, you know, artsy and weird and cool. So that was the main oh. thing is, you know, when and you hang out with her a little bit, you realize she's the coolest person you've met in a long time. Thank you. So. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm going to say all a lot. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I do. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Oh, my wife, she's just the one most. It's no, like, no. no, like anybody who knows her is like, yeah, Christine's very cool. Yeah. But they oh, kind of wonder what she's doing with me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know? So. And I tell her if she didn't have epilepsy and she was single, she could, she could bag a girl half her age in a day. Like oh. she could pick up at the art store or any restaurant, coffee shop. Michael's. In 24 hours, she'd have a new girlfriend like that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Michael's. No, no, that's how cool she is. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's taking ladies just in case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Eat your heart out, sisters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also curious about this too, so I always ask. Um, when did you know that you loved each other like it was there a certain moment just like just something that maybe they did or whatever that you were like oh i really love them that you're in love with them and that you wanted to like okay this is my person i want to spend the rest of my life with them like when did you know well um for me it it first happened when i had uh first spent my time with russell I had had my first seizure uh, experience with Russell and what we had gone through, all of that. Um, his honesty, uh, the level of respect. Um, we didn't leave the house for three days. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we, you know. spent, we spent a lot of time talking and mm -hmm. chatting about things, getting to know each other's personal space. And that to me meant a whole lot um it's it's meant so much to me in comparison to a lot of other relationships because this has been the strongest one this this has been i i, I can look at my russell and and i i see love and i see honesty in his eyes he doesn't look away from me we we look at each other and and we talk to each other every day we say how much we love each other and how how much we care for each other. With the, it's, with the epilepsy, you know, her condition, she's had it since she was born and she should have been dead probably 13, 15 years ago because most people with her condition don't live this long. If the drugs don't kill them, like, you know, long lasting effect of the drug use of the pharmaceuticals or falling down some secondary injury, um, then suicide usually takes them. You know, it's, it's a short, brutal, sequestered life. So every day is kind of like, you know, you see these movies of somebody and they've been diagnosed with cancer. So they're like, oh, no, let's treasure the time we have together. We've spent the past 20 years like that. Because she's like, you know, dude, like, if you want to get into this with me, I could die like that. I mean, I've been talking to these doctors. They don't know why I'm still alive. I'm taking all these drugs. I'm sick as a dog. So, and you know. It could happen anytime. And then she dies on anytime. me. And then we go to the doctor and he's like, yeah, well, that can happen, you know. So, <laughs> so every day, I mean, this is the thing. We see a lot of people our age, we're 50, both 51. A lot of people our age have kids and even grandkids. But we see a lot of people our age and they're kind of letting themselves go physically. They're letting their marriage go sexually. Um, they don't sort of, you know, they're happy enough. They're not unhappy in their marriage and they don't want to stop being married. And they're, they feel all warm about that person, but they're kind of just uh, letting themselves go. 
And we went through a short phase like that early on because we were both of us just spiraling out of control when we got together. So it was when we had an opportunity to pull out and change apartments, pull our health together. When we got that opportunity, we took it. And then when we got another opportunity to get our health even better, we took that. And we sort of realized if we were going to be, you know, we talk about the activism because the cannabis, the activism, the epilepsy, me in the wheelchair, all of it's all mixed together. You can't separate them all. You can't say, well, this is our marriage and this is our work. That's not like that. The art, all of it is all integrated into one color. You know? It's like a tie-dye. <laughs> exactly. And, and so we have to, you know, the activism kept us, by being public activists, it kind of keeps the, the courts, the, the police away because they're like, well, if we bust those guys, it's going to be a whole thing. It's not just some two hippies with pot, right? Mm. Was kind of, this is in 2002 and 2003 and stuff. Being publicly open about using an illegal substance for medical purposes was a, kind of a touchy issue in Canada at the time. And it's different in different states, of course, across the U.S., right? So that was a brave move. And it was all her that did that. I mean, I was up for it, but she's the instigator of this. She's, you know, she's the Trent Reznor in the band. I'm just the sort of person who's in the band. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm not the leader here. I'm, I'm the second person. So, and uh, I just do more talking because she has trouble formulating sentences. Yes. yes. Uh, A a lot of the time um, when we spend our day together, um, we're listening to maybe a, a bunch of Pat Metheny, relaxing. We have a couple of dabs. We express our thoughts to each other. I'm able to formulate my thoughts because I'm, I'm not uh, in, in anxiety because <laughs> under pressure. Like for now, for example, I'm having problems formulating sentences because I'm in an interview, but I'm mm-hmm. having a wonderful time with you and enjoying myself. Yeah. But, but if, um, if you were to hang with us for a day, yeah, then she would just open up more and it'd be a lot mm, more, yeah, it would, a lot it, more whole sentences yeah. stuff coming out. It, it happens over berries and tea <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and a few dabs now and then. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, it helps a lot. Um, it's, it's difficult having a social life when you have epilepsy. It's very difficult having other, other relationships, even, even my family relationships have been challenged by the epilepsy and have been tested over time by, by it as well. So you know, people, people want to hang out with you and stuff, but then if you fall over in the restaurant yeah. or, you pee or, you pee in their, or you pee in their car, yeah. then, you know, and it's not so much that's happened a lot, but it's, this is the kind of risk. So there's always an apprehension. So people mm. and the people who are like, Oh sure. I'll hang out with Christine, just her and I, they're not quite qualified. And the people who are qualified are too busy. They've got kids and lives and jobs and stuff like that. The people who, it's not that I don't trust people with Christy. You know, no, we have friends no, we that's, trust. That's not it's it. that you don't want to lay this responsibility on somebody because she can get yeah. up and start swinging. Man. I mean, you know, and if she doesn't recognize the person who's helping her out, she'll just punch them right in the face. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, coming, coming back from seizure mode and then I'm, I'm in reboot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not fully there. I can maybe recognize colors and maybe shapes and maybe say the odd word. But Can't I see might without not, glasses. Yeah, you know? A whole bunch of things. I'm drooling. I might be having incontinence. There's a whole bunch of different things. I could be swinging 
or maybe I'm just simply sleeping it off yeah. and coming out. People don't know what to do with that. So we don't, you know, yeah. people don't come over much, even more now since COVID. And, um, but, and we don't really go out very much because even riding the bus or walking around, you risk interaction with police and they're stupid. Mm-hmm. They don't know what to do. They think they know what to do. And if you tell them, dude, I got this, just back away. Like I got this. Mm-hmm. They're all like, rah, 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 rah. you know, and next thing I'm up on assault charges and they're, she's not answering any questions because she's all of them like this. So they're there. For example, um, just this week, I ended up having a seizure at an OC transpo bus platform and Russell, plus another complete stranger, helped carry, lift me and carry me while I was seizing and to a safety, uh, safer position. Well, just off to the sidewalk. Off yeah. to the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. But, but that, that's one hassle. It's if like, a cop wow. shows up and starts intervening, yeah. it could mean her life. Because if they send her to the hospital and I tell her, no, no, don't, they're like, shut up. You know, they beat me and throw me in the car. It's never happened yet because we're white. And we live in Ottawa and the cops are racist. And that's the main reason we're not getting hassled, we feel. And it's because if, if I tell them, no, leave her alone, she'll be fine in half an hour. They're like, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Throw her in an ambulance, shoot her full of Ativan, boom, she flatlines. And they're like, oh, well, we lost her. Call it. You know, oh this could happen. This is a real threat in our life. So, um, you know, a lot of people in a lot of relationships, a lot of marriages, they don't have this sort of Damocles hanging over top of them all the time. That death is like right there in the room with you all the time. It's walking right side by side with you all the time because of our epilepsy. And, you know, that makes us kind of cling to each other more. Mm-hmm. We don't take our relationship casually. Yeah. It could be, it could end at the end of this conversation. Okay. Yeah. So one, one another thing uh, that we do too, if we are not busy doing creative things or doing the things during our day, we're often holding hands and we're holding hands. Uh, even, at night. even, even at night during nighttime, we, we hold hands at night and we often take a moment or two and there's cuddling and we say how much we love each other, take a moment or two, express our, I would be thoughts, sickening for other people to but, watch, frankly. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> like we're very mushy and affectionate. But, yeah. And yeah. if other people were around, they'd be like, oh, jeez. So we don't do it in front of our friends and stuff too much. But, no, no. But no. at home, we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're more mushy around each other at, at home. Even though it can be, you know, pretty hard having to, you know, deal with the, you know, the health issues, do you feel like it has helped in a way to kind of give you a different maybe not different perspective, but just like appreciate the relationship more in, in ways oh. that like other people wouldn't, you know, a thousand oh, times yes. more. Yes. For sure. Yes. For sure. For sure. <laughs> she referred to it as like, um, uh, forging two pieces of different kind of metal together on an anvil. You know, you heat up two different kinds of steel and then you yeah. just bang them together and wind it. And it's one thing. That's kind of how she feels. It's what life is doing to us. It's not breaking us apart. It's hammering us and forging us into one thing. Because okay. over the past 20, I mean, I've just embarked on a new acting career. Mm-hmm. Uh, just was in my first movie over the past few weeks. We did some shooting. Christine just nice. finished her second children's book. Oh, wow. So um, awesome. somebody else wrote the book, but she did the illustrations for it. So, cool. you know, we don't feel like we're winding down. We feel like we're just getting started. Yeah. So. Well, th- thank you for sharing that because I feel like that's something that we can all 
learn from. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to wait till something bad happens to our partner for us to like no, appreciate no, the relationship I, I hope, or anything. I hope it's some form of inspiration to other individuals out there yeah. and out in the world. And Too often, I think people put up a barrier like, well, what's in this for me? I got to keep this part of me for, you know, you know, they want to keep their man cave or they want to keep their, their, you know, wine night out with the girls or whatever that thing is that's just them. Mm-hmm. And the way we kind of looked at it when we got together was it's almost like two businesses that merge, right? Okay. You still own half the business. You own your own, but you can't just dip into the petty cash and go buy pizza and beer when you want because half of that money belongs to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like half of my body or not half of my body, but half the possession belongs to her and half of her body belongs to me. So it's like we're not just a business, but we have to sort of merge things. And I think too many relationships and too many marriages fall apart because people don't want a full merger. They mm-hmm. want to sort of have like, an, you know, like when you see these movie companies that were in association with yeah. different production, you know, Sony and this other company are making a movie together or whatever, but they don't join together as one company. We try to make one company, like we're a yeah. band. Okay. And I think too many people, their relationships fall apart because they're trying to hold on to a piece of themselves. Mm. And often it's not even the most important piece of themselves. It's some mm-hmm. stupid thing, like some adolescent thing they're trying to hold on to usually, yeah. you know. And uh, Russell, I'm kind of curious, like how, like, have you always been like a very caring person or was there something where like you changed and you kind of became like this? I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. Being around Christine really changed that. Um, I'm not going to say I was self-centered, but I was pretty self-absorbed. You know, when you've got, a chronic pain condition and other medical issues, it's kind of hard to f- see outside yourself. So other relationships that I was in got messed up by that. You know, I was, uh, I nearly died a bunch of times from the horrible drug abuse that I was involved in. And this is all over the counter. This is medications from the pharmacy, stuff you can buy right off the shelf, you know, um, back pills and Tylenol. I was, I was eating too much Tylenol. So, I mean, I was a mess, but when I met Christine and I saw that what she was, was vulnerable. She was, the, the other women in my life previously, they had, you know, challenges of their own, but they weren't vulnerable. If I disappeared from the world, they could, they had their talents and their skills and their charms that they could get on with, the, with life. Christine basically had nobody. She was adrift. And, you know, she had some friends and had a job, but no one was, she wasn't tethered to anything. She was just a lifeboat that was just drifting by itself. Mm. So that I think made me, and, and, you know, she doesn't put any pressure at all, but just being around her makes you want to up your game. You want to be cooler. Like if you hung with her, you'd be like, I should maybe draw more <laughs> or I should, I'm going to take up an instrument because you want to be as cool as Christine. Mm-hmm. You should provide for Mary's tea. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying this is, she has this influence on everyone around her. Mm-hmm. So the first, I'll admit the first year or so was pretty bad. We were just eating junk food and being stupid, but after a while, we sort of pulled it together. We're like, I got to, you know, we got to get better at life if I want to stay with her because she's going to die. And if I want to keep her, I got to stay healthy. So that's what we do. So it was really her influence and not like you better be this or that. And she wasn't Mm -hmm. pressuring me. It was just like, I want to stay in this group of friends (laughs) with this chick. I'm going to have to clean up my act. Awesome. So I did. Oh, got out of the wheelchair. (laughs) So, and I'm really curious too. I always have to ask because um, you guys are married. So 
how was the proposal like how did that happen how was okay. it like <laughs> all right here's a funny story <laughs> i even told this one a long time when we moved from the first apartment we were in when we got together to the new one it was a two-bedroom apartment and we got a permit from the federal ministry in canada to grow cannabis in our apartment so we had this little grow room anyway one evening she was feeling very you know self-conscious and upset and everything and i thought she was like this is too much i should probably just go off by myself i shouldn't be doing this to you and you know it was a very upsetting time and all of a sudden it just came to me and i'm like i have to propose so i grabbed her and i pulled her into the grow room and I sort of unzipped the thing so it opened up. You could see all the plants. I dropped down on one knee, and I'm like, please, right here in front of my plants and everything, will you marry me? So and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so she did. Oh my God, she said yes. So and then that was cool. That was in, like, uh, I guess January or February of 2005. That was January. January. That was January. So then we got married in, in June. But what we had was something we called a slam wedding. We told it. We sent all these invitations, and we told everybody: casual dress, no gifts necessary. Show up at this place in the park, and we're going to have a wedding ceremony in the reception right there. Uh, the vibe was more like a family reunion or um, a company picnic. Everybody okay. just chill. I don't want to see any suits. I don't want to see any. You know, that's not who we were. Mm-hmm. We didn't get a permit or anything like that. <laughs> we just. We just eight, did it. <laughs> people just showed up, and there we are down by the water's edge. It was rendezvous. You know, and That's we so had our cool. wedding, and there's like baby geese under feet, you know, because there's geese, wild Canada geese around uh, on the shoreline. They come nice. right up demanding food. So we had a little wedding ceremony, and everybody had a little party there, and it was very cool. Oh, that's so awesome. So, yeah, like you did it. Our biopic, we couldn't pitch a biopic to like a Hollywood producer because if we said, look, here's video and here's photos of our life, they'd be like, oh, that's great, but it's completely implausible. Like we can't put it on the screen. The suspension of disbelief is too much. What what was also awesome about the wedding ceremony too was that I had an opportunity to sew my own wedding dress. A friend of mine had lent me her sewing machine and she Mm -hmm. came over and visited and... I ended up had it had it for months, so I was able to spend my time sewing casually without too much trouble. And this big purple tie dye type of thing. Yeah, it's really awesome. It kind of a oh. peasant peasant type gown with yeah, like yeah. long the sleeves. flowing kind of yeah wow. something green and kid at wear, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I've I still have it in my closet and it's it's packed. I was actually quite surprised after I'd sewn it. It's like, wow, I can actually sew. Holy mackerel. And you know, we've, also had, we've also had things like we've participated in public protests and pranks. Um, you know, we have a pride parade in Ottawa. And one year, again, she had the idea. Um, back when my hair was still brown, I dressed as Jesus. And I crashed the pride parade holding a sign that says, Jesus, heart, uh, queers, ampersand, pot, the big pot leaf where the O should be. Of course, people loved it. The next year we did it again. We videotaped the whole thing, and there's all these handful of religious people show up to sort of try and spoil the fun, you know, repent and run to Jesus and all. So I go up and I scold them on camera. There's like 200 people cheering and stuff. So we've been on TV a number of times in regards to cannabis or epilepsy or whatever. Um, So... 
you know, it's not just us having a marriage. It's kind of like we're these public um, nuisances <laughs> in Ottawa. <laughs> mischief makers. Mischief makers. And, you know, there's these big events called, um, you've heard of 420, right? Yes. April 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, we were amongst the organizers of three of the events. So, you know, we've given, I've given speeches in front of thousands of people talking about taking care of my wife with epilepsy and cannabis and stuff. So, you know, I don't think every couple could go through this kind of stuff. So you guys are life. like a, a, a true team. That's what I can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Very, very a partnership. So. Yeah. Yes. Every time I have a seizure and I come out from recovery from a seizure and I see, see, see my Russell Barth, um, I, I fall in love even more and I feel even more in love every time because I, mm-hmm. I see the look of love in his eyes and the, the, the brightness in, in his smile. And there's... And she said... Uh, she had a psychotic episode a few years ago and uh, like beat the crap out of me for two and a half hours. Like we were wrestling and th- well, yeah, she was trying to get out of the apartment naked and I was trying to hold her back and she would beat me and kick me and punch me and bit through my shirt into my shoulder and cops came. I had guns pointed at me. You had stitches in your shoulder. Not any stitches, but I have a scar okay. on my shoulder. And, um, but we were both covered in bruises and scratches and the blood coming out of our mouth. And the cops were like, what the hell? I, was like, I don't know, man. She's freaking out. This is new. So we took him to the hospital and I had, and then I'm in shock because I've just spent two hours getting beat up. I have to calmly explain to all of the doctors and nurses and shrinks and everybody that she uses cannabis. This is something different. Blah, 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 blah. It's a nightmare. Our, our life is a surreal nightmare, but it just keeps forging us more and more together. So. Yes. <laughs> wow. I, I keep asking him after seizures. It's like, is is everything okay, dear? And it usually there's, there's usually nothing. Is. There's no money or power or fame or sex or anything that could tantalize me away. There's not like some twenty five year old is gonna you know draw me away from my wife because I'd be like, dude, come on, look at this twenty five year old chick wants to play with us. Like mm-hmm. I I would bring her along to everything. So there would never be. I never feel the urge to get away from this. Mm-hmm. I always you know I want us to get away from the epilepsy. But if the epilepsy disappeared tomorrow, I wouldn't be like, okay, I'm going to let you have some time by yourself because, you know, it's been a rough 20 years. I'd be like, no, cool, let's go do shit now. We can go have a life now. We can ride have some fun. Ride a motorcycle together, get on some snowmobiles or something. You know, we don't, there's so much we can't do uh, because we got to bring a change of clothes and some extra food with us every time we go someplace. Mm. You know. So, what are your favorite qualities about? each other you might have already talked about this but just i don't know in case there's something maybe you haven't talked about (laughs) courage Courage. she's the most courageous person i've ever met Mm. you know most people would not and that's not to admit to say most people are weaklings or whatever but even the strongest among us Mm would have give up on this life a long time ago with epilepsy like they would have just said, this is too much. And she's even talked about it. Like maybe one day I'm going to have to get, you know, doctor assisted suicide or this kind of stuff. Uh, and I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, you're going to keep living until you just die. And then I'll die after that. So, mm. you know, because she's just, that's not who she talks about it sometimes, but it's not like she's that suicidal. She just keeps pushing forward and pushing forward. She wants to grow and live, but 
I don't want to be a burden to other people. I've been a burden to so many people before, and it's it, it's natural to come out of a seizure and go, I hate my life. I wish I was dead. Who hasn't said that after a hangover? You know, I mean, that's not an unnatural thing to say. But you know, she doesn't go five, six days with no seizure and go, you know, this is too much. I'm going to end this. She's like, no, I haven't had seizures. I'm going to work. I'm going to do stuff. I'm going to exercise. It's, Make paints. You know, and she doesn't live like she has no epilepsy, but she doesn't let it hold her back. So, okay. so it's courage. That's the thing I'm yeah. most in love with is your courage. Hmm. What about you, Christine? <laughs> what do you love most about me? I'd say it's Russell's determination. Russell has, Russell has been an anchor point in my life and has helped me achieve so many goals that I have been striving for all my life. Just the way that we have come together, we've synchronized and we like, weird like, gears, like a pair of weird gears, we mm. fit together. And I find that that is encouraging and it's, uh, it, it keeps me going. It, it provides an anchor point in my reality space every day, especially after seizures. And it's... Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of times people in relationships, you've heard about gaslighting. Mm -hmm. I have to reverse gaslight her. Like I have to tell her, she comes out of a seizure, she's come out of a cluster of seizures, and then she's scrolling through Facebook and like, you know, Trump is president and the world's on fire <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And she's like, okay, am I losing my mind? And I have to periodically go, no, you're actually really, really sane. To live the life you live and not be completely out of your head, you're exceptionally sane. All of this crazy shit is actually happening. So yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> you know, Aww. you're smart, you're intelligent, you're well-liked. Uh, you're making your own decisions. I'm helping you. Uh, way to go, kid. You know, and she's like, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so it's the opposite of what a gaslighter would do. You know, mm -hmm. I have to convince her she's sane and as smart as she actually is. Wow. Because the epilepsy keeps, you know, dragging the needle across the record. So. And now what is something that you wish other people knew about your partner? Maybe something that other people don't see, but you think is awesome about your partner? Yeah. She can really be an asshole sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes, I can be a dick. Well, a lot of people see that, but you know, she'll get in no mood and yeah. she'll just be unnecessarily brusque with me. Like it's disproportionate to the irritation of the situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Snap at me for no it's reason. It's way over the top. And we attribute that to the epilepsy, maybe a you know, dropping blood sugar or something, but she'll just get snarling and getting all defensive when I ask her a simple question. And most other people don't get to see that. <laughs> no. All right. No. Christine, wow. what about <laughs> Russell? What, what do you want people to know about me? Um, I'm kind of mushier than people think. Yeah, uh, we're, we're very mushy um, with, with each other uh, and, and have been right from the very start. Um, and other people don't see that. Yeah, and a mm. lot of other people don't see, they don't get to see that. They're, they're not ar around all of this. They don't see me holding hands you know, almost all day long with Russell when we're not doing anything we're, we're together. We go for a walk and I see a really or, cool flower bed situation that someone's got on their lawn and my eyes get a little bit wet because I really like oh, three things. It's, it's or I emotional. See, we see bunnies or raccoons or something. I'm like, oh, the bunnies, you know. Mm -hmm. And other people don't see that, not because I hide it from them, no, not because I'm all Mr. Tough Guy, but 
they're not around a lot. <laughs> they don't see me when that happens. When it happens, so yeah, yeah. No, Russell. Russell is very, very emotional. Very emotional oh. man. Yes, full of romance. I cry oh. watching reaction videos. Like oh, people watching people hearing a song for the first time. Mm-hmm. Oh man, about the song. I'm just sitting here like. <laughs> <laughs> First time you're still ready to have it, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm really mushy. Yes. That's that's, that's awesome. That's, that, I feel like more more men need to get a little bit more in touch. So it's good to see yeah. and hear from, from men who are like that. So oh, that's yes, really great. Very, I'm also not, I also don't sort of care what other men think in terms of uh, do they think I'm manly or masculine or mm -hmm. whatever. But just this weekend, I was getting uh, stage makeup, not stage, but uh, you know, movie makeup put on my face. And the sound guy walks by and he's like, he goes, ooh, you look nice. And instead of sort of like getting all weird about it, I'm like, now the boys will think I'm pretty. <laughs> I got a big laugh on set, you know, so you, you got to be willing to just be vulnerable and be weird. And a lot of guys just won't, you know, their mm -hmm. life has made them not do that. So Yeah. So I feel like you guys probably have a lot to contribute to this question. So maybe, you know, since you've been together for a long time, well, considering, you know, how long I've been in relationships and other people. So um, any advice for just like handling conflict, you know, like life isn't perfect. So what, what would you offer in terms Ask of Ask yourself why you're trying to win this argument. Hmm. Okay. And when you stop and think, wait a minute, I don't want to win this. I want to resolve the issue, mm -hmm. right? That's what we do. When we have a disagreement or we're starting to argue, it's like, no, no. If you start to argue, you start saying mean things to each other. But if you stick to the issue, mm -hmm. okay, the car broke down. Well, whose fault is that? Shut up with that shit. That's not an issue right now. The car's broke down. What do we do? Who do we call? Where do we go? And this is the problem is too often – people start to put up defenses because it's not about the issue. It's about we're fighting now. We're arguing now. It becomes mm. a personal and thing. Because people don't have this life of life or death thing hanging over them like we do, mm -hmm. they don't realize that life is important and this argument is not. Mm. So shut up about whether we get pizza or have dinner tonight or whatever. Don't argue about that. One of us could be dead in a, an hour <laughs> sort of thing is, is that's the main advice is don't think about trying to win the argument. Think about trying to resolve the issue. Try to work it through. Try to be understanding with each other. Try to be patient. Try not to feel uh, self-defensive yeah. uh, about, about things. You feel attacked, get attacked. Take it. Take the hits. You're like, okay, yeah, you attacked me. Are you done? Good. Can we let's get some gas for the car now? <laughs> you know, you sort of if you move past that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big part of the reason is people they put up their defenses, whether it's affection or intimacy or a, an argument. Right away, they want to fight rather they want to block and hit rather than resolve. Wow, that's that's I've never heard that. So thank you so much. That's super helpful. <laughs> I'm oh, sure everyone else would was very happy to hear that too so it's a <laughs> you'll have to overcome it intellectually you feel like you feel attacked okay shut up why are you getting in my face you got to change that you got to think past the emotions that's the hard part awesome so now 
Um, what do would you say is one of the keys to just having a long-lasting relationship? I know there's not one secret or anything like that, but just for maybe for you, something that for you has helped you, like, be able to sex. be together for this uh, long. Sex, oh. sex, sex has been uh, a big, okay. uh, a big, uh, it's like exercise. Like, some, mm-hmm. I mean, look, you know, we're both 51. We've got health issues. We're not always in the mood. We don't always feel like you feel at 26 and you're feeling all horned up. Mm-hmm. But that is the glue that holds a lot of marriages together. Um, okay. And I think if people, I'm not going to say force yourself to have sex, but man, make you know, time for it. <laughs> do you really need yes. to, do you really need to binge that series that you're watching? Do okay. you really need to watch three Avengers movies in one day? Mm-hmm. You know, take 20 minutes. And go, <laughs> hey kids, we're just going to go and have a mom and I have to chat, go off, have a quick one. At least some endorphins. You forge that little steel together a, a bit. It doesn't have to be these long, drawn-out, romantic, candlelit things. You know, yeah. you, you get some quickies in now and then, but that yeah. glue holds the marriage together. Yes. And okay. if sometimes you're just sitting there like, what am I doing with this person? And if you're having sex five, six, seven times a week, even if, you're, if it's not fully intercourse, just some sort of sexual interaction, mm-hmm. um, you, it helps you get through those little bad patches when the kids are screaming and the dog is crapping on the rug or what, you know, all the crap's going wrong. Mm-hmm. You go, well, at least I'm probably going to get laid tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of have it to look forward to because yeah. you don't take it for granted, but you sort of go, that's a good thing. Yeah. Cause it's very easy to fall into this, not having sex two, three months, uh, you know, on a stretch if you're yeah. not careful. Okay. It's insidious. Awesome. So keep having sex, force yourself to have some sex. <laughs> prioritize it yes <laughs> yes like exercise like sleep you know you don't just sort of sleep when you feel like it eat when you, you eat you know tell the kids you gotta have a good breakfast yeah mom and dad should have sex more often so they're not so grouchy in the morning you know yeah that's kind of how i feel sometimes when i when i meet people or work with people that are just like mad all the time like they're always grouchy i'm like they're obviously not getting laid because i feel like if you're getting laid you're like you would be a little bit you wouldn't be so mad all the time it's not even about it's not even just about the orgasm you know what i mean it's about it's about that you're touching people there's things that happen to your body hormonally and chemically just skin on skin and just feeling each other's breath and tasting each other's saliva and all this kind of stuff even if you don't have sex just grab each other do this you know give each other a good Mm -hmm. paw every once in a while it's wonderful and um you know it keeps that flavor there but too often, okay. like, you just sort of find yourself, when was the last time we had sex? I don't even know, two, three months ago? And then you're like, oh, geez, this is awkward. That yeah. hasn't happened to us, but it happens in other relationships mm-hmm. um, where you're kind of like, then you're awkwardly trying to get it back together or maybe you fall into it when you get a few drinks into you and then maybe it doesn't go so well because you got a few drinks into you and that's a new disappointment. So then you're like four or five months before it happens again. Wait. You know what I mean? You start just sort of, orbiting like this around each other in the home instead of like bonding again, you know, so you've got to keep forcing it together, force it together, force it together. When you're also having so many seizures uh, a month all the time, you, you want to have that anchor point, that physical sexual anchor point Mm -hmm. in, in your reality space, Mm -hmm. because once again, you don't know when gee whiz, uh, five minutes from now or maybe eight hours from now is that or eight years you know you don't know when the next yeah you, you oh. don't know when the next seizure is going to be and you you don't want that weight weight 
weighing a burden on your schedule, on your mm -hmm. on your sex schedule, <laughs> this type of thing. No, I would. That would be my main encouragement: is like have sex, have some kind of sex, okay. even if you just satisfy the other person. Mm -hmm. You know, you There's... give your partner some pleasure, and oh, that's that's it for now. And then next day, they give you some pleasure, something. Sometimes I might be a little cranky or a little moody, and Russell says, "Come here, honey bunny." <laughs> I can tell when she knows. He knows when I'm uh, fussing, and and he he helps me reach those goals, and we oh, reach those goals very awesome. proudly. Okay, yeah. thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I feel like um, that would definitely be very helpful. We're coming towards the end. I have a couple quick questions later, but any other bits of advice, words of wisdom, or anything you would like to share? Really give having children a lot more thought. Oh, okay. Because you think, oh, we're so happy in love and we got our new home, let's start a family. Okay, but why? Mm. What's, what's it gonna do? Why do you want kids? What's mm -hmm. the thing about kids that you want? Let's say don't have kids, because I understand you can give me a list of great reasons why to have kids. But why do you wanna have kids? Because too often people think that their relationship is going to get fixed by having a kid or it's going to be solidified by having a kid. And often it's simply having the kid that is the thing that is the wedge that drives it apart. When I was doing stand-up comedy, I did a joke where I said, um, my wife and I decided not to have any children because we didn't want them to live through the inevitable divorce that would have happened if we had children. Um. You see? <laughs> so... And I come from divorce. No so. kids. I'm not saying no one should have kids, but too often people go, yeah, it was pretty much when the kids showed up that things really started to go sideways for us. Okay. You know, that's when you stop being a couple and start being co-parents. Mm, right. So that's something to really think about and really address beforehand. If we're going to have kids, we're going to make sure we keep having sex. We got to make sure we're doing stuff. that's just you and me and okay. this kind of stuff. Um, so I assume you don't, you don't have kids either. That's why we you don't have kids. You know, no, okay. sure. We don't have kids for a variety of reasons, but aside from that, like if the epilepsy and the fibromyalgia and stuff, I also have genetic things in my family that I would never inflict on another kid. So mm. uh, the buck stops here. Mm -hmm. And so does Christine. Um, but we're just too busy living with ourselves and each other to have kids. That's us. So okay. I'm not saying you won't be happy if you have kids. Your marriage will end if you have kids. It might help. But really think about it. Don't jump in because too often, statistically, that's the thing. That's mm. Couples look back and say, well, yeah, pretty much when the kids happened, that's when he started having affairs or I started not having sex with him or whatever the thing that they started not doing anymore. Mm -hmm. It was usually when a kid showed up. Yeah, I th I've, I've heard some, like, I don't know where I heard it, but... I don't, it's, to some people, it might think it sounds bad, but even if you have kids, like your number one priority relationship should always be like your partner and then the kids come second. And maybe like that's why some, that's, yeah. That's a hard balance to make, right? That's the mm -hmm. thing. And you have to find that balance. And too often people don't because of all the stuff we said about, you know, earlier in the hour is they're defensive. They're keep trying to keep something of themselves. I want to keep this part of me. And they don't even know what it is. They can't say, I want to keep this part of me. It's just this feeling of, ooh, I'm being dissolved into another person. I'm not a whole anymore. I'm not a, a unit anymore. No, you're not. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to the people that love you, your parents, your family, your siblings, your cousins, your friends, your wife, your kids. You don't, your body isn't yours anymore. Your life isn't yours anymore. And mm -hmm. people don't realize that. With me, it's just her and me. You got kids, 
you belong to a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And this is the problem, I think, with people. They have kids, but they don't think about kids and a marriage and being a couple. They think it's just going to continue being a couple. And then when it stops, they're like, well, that sucks. It's not like it was before the kids. Well, duh, you got kids yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. <You know>? Big <laughs> and they change. Don't think about this stuff ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Let's have kids. Well, what room should we put her in? No, what are we going to do about our marriage when there's a kid screaming in the morning and we don't have any sleep and we can't have sex? And how are we going to get past that? You know, these are the discussions people don't have. Okay, good. Good to know. Now these are like my quick questions that I ask at the end. Do you guys know your each other's love language? Love language? I don't know if you've heard of it. It's if you haven't heard of it, it's fine. I just always try to find out if people you mean have like body heard of language? it. No, um, love languages, there's like five physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts. So if you haven't heard of it, then that's fine. Okay, because it's kind of like the way, um, like if you, the test, um, you know, you can find it online or whatever, but it's kind yeah. of like usually the way you like to receive love. And it's just kind of, I mean, you guys probably don't need it because you guys are doing great. But like for other people, it kind of helps them. Um, no, yeah. yeah how the other person likes to you know one person might really like gifts another person really likes words of affirmation and that way you can kind of understand um how the other person likes being shown love so right. that's why yeah yeah because a lot um, of people say hey i'm going to do this thing this is how i express my love and someone's like oh, okay that's not really what yeah. i'm into mm-hmm. you know? and yeah that's that's interesting no we haven't heard of that but that's that's another thing that's important is knowing you know, like you see in movies, it's so funny. Like I, a guy will pursue a girl and like, you know, high school and he's putting notes in her locker and doing all the silly stuff in real life. It's like, take the hint, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like you move on. You know, you're creeping yeah. this girl out, you know, but society with movies and me, I mean, it's probably just for fun. I don't suggest that there's some insidious agenda, but mm-hmm. they go, Oh, this will be cool to put in a teenage romance comedy movie or in a, in a, a rom-com or whatever for adults. But that's not how real life is. Yeah, I don't think people want to have this pressure. You know, you either yeah. click or you don't. So. Yeah, I've thought about that too. Like, just things that I've seen in movies. I'm like, yeah, that's cute in a movie. But if somebody did this in real life, I'd probably think they were creepy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go, watch, go watch some 80s movies. Go watch movies that were made from like 1980s to 1995. Romantic mm-hmm. comedies that are aimed at sort of the 15 to 30 years old. You'd be like... Guys did that? Oh, and so much worse. <laughs> it was like so bad. Yeah, I need a restraining order. Work. Yeah, I mean, like, there was the you know physical boundaries, personal boundaries were fodder for comedy. Wow. Yeah. So another quick question: Do you guys know uh, your Myers Briggs personality type? No, never heard of that. Okay, so. <laughs> the dork asking these questions <laughs> i i'm into like these things just because I, I feel like i like to just understand people better and mm-hmm. i like to understand myself better but it's mm-hmm. and i'm always curious to see if people know but if you don't know it's totally fine and uh, one last question i want to know if christine still has her wedding dress <laughs> oh, yes yes it's Hang in on. it's in my closet just hold on oh just okay hold on. just we wait a moment see. just wait yeah a moment. we need to see it that's Five really seconds. awesome <laughs> yeah just really Ten cool seconds. you know it's homemade you know it's oh, yes. it's yours yes. that's i feel like that's that's the best type of like just weddings and the more personal ones and everyone i've talked to all the couples had like really like low-key weddings they weren't really extravagant or anything so maybe that's a thing that's a 
that's a good start to your marriage. Have it very, don't go all out. Yeah, yeah. Just don't go into debt for your wedding. <laughs> I've been able to see myself. Okay, right let's see the dress. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, let's get this little vest. Ooh, wow, it's beautiful. Kind of a medieval <gasps> type of thing. Yes. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <gasps> oh, beautiful. I love the sleeves. I love it. Oh my gosh. It's like a princess type. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, totally, exactly. totally. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. It's all handmade. It's all handmade. Wow, that's amazing. It's way prettier than I imagined. That's why I needed to see it. <laughs> I had this picture in my head, but no, it's way prettier than what I thought. Wow. You did all this by hand, either hand stitched or with the <gasps> sewing machine. Yeah. Aww. So it's a really groovy fabric, too. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Sort of a batik. Thank you for batik. sharing that, uh, oh, yeah, showing yeah, us yeah. a dress. I'm glad you still have it. Oh, um, yes. Okay. Yeah. I plan on having that for quite some time. <laughs> Maybe, oh, Carol I, maybe I'll share it with a friend of mine. <laughs> so if anyone wants to buy that dress, it's not available. <laughs> no, one of a uh, kind. Christine does do uh, portraits on commission, so that's something. Yes. Oh, okay. I'll do that. You can find right. it at Christine's Corner on Facebook. Yeah. Nice. Okay, that is that kind of leads into what I was going to ask you before we left. Where can people find you if they want to? If you want to be found, <laughs> if they want to. Well, yeah, um, there we go. My Instagram is uh, at. Barth Russ. It's B-A-R-T-H-R-U-S-S. -S. Hers is uh, Christine Low Art on Instagram. Okay. And on Facebook, I'm just Russell Barth. You can find me pretty easy. And um, there's only like four of us and only one of them looks like this. Um, <laughs> and her and hers is Christine's Corner, which is a Christine's Corner. art website where you can go and uh, you know get portraits and stuff done. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you so much for uh, being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your story. You. I just thank you. So inspiring, and I learned a lot from you guys. So cool, cool. Good luck with your documentary or whatever you're making there. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And I will link everything, all you know, all your social media and stuff in the show notes cool, cool. and video description. And I wish you guys the best. And thank you. Well, thank hopefully you. Maybe we can have tea someday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you geographically? Where are you? Uh, I'm in Florida right now. <laughs> Florida, okay. That's where you live? Yeah. Okay, um, cool. I've, I've been here for a year, so I'm not originally from Florida. So I'm not where one of those people from? that like doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> I wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm originally from like Arizona, but oh, okay. I've, I've lived in LA, San Diego, Orlando, uh -huh. uh, now in Miami, Miami. So I've lived on both coasts. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, right, we're good well, looking Florida. Don't well, run into Florida, you. man. He's busy <laughs> yeah. every week. He's got a new a new thing he's doing in Florida, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, just trying to say safe. Alligators or uh, <laughs> marrying a raccoon or something. Yeah, I love traveling. So I'm kind of, that's kind of been one of the hardest things for me is just not being able to travel, especially yeah. abroad. I love traveling abroad. If you come so. to Canada, what I suggest you do is go to Montreal, really enjoy Montreal, drive through Ottawa, check it out like for a day, and then go to Toronto. Oh, okay. Ottawa is not a place you come and sort of stay a hotel and it's like, oh. we got museums and it's boring. That's it. I love, uh, I'm a big fan of Tom Green, so I know he's from there. So yeah. that's kind of one of one of the other reasons I wanted to go, because he's from there. Yeah, well, he's he lives in L.A. mostly, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I wasn't going to, 
I wasn't was going to like, set. <laughs> I just wanted to see where he was from, you know, his like, you know, hometown. I, I, yeah. I'm kind of like that when I'm a fan of somebody, I like to see kind of like where they came from. So I like visiting like their hometowns. I'm kind of weird. There's a video on YouTube uh, and you can look it up. It's called um, The City That Fun Forgot. And it's a little documentary about Ottawa and why it is the way it is. Oh, okay. We're, we're called The City That Fun Forgot. All right. Like we have no light, no nightlife. No real art music scene. Wow. It's all government. Okay. It's a government town. That's government museums. It's all we have. Definitely have to check it out. I love documentaries. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, all thanks right. for well, having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Be safe. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So that is it for this episode of the How to Relationship podcast. Thanks again to Christine and Russell for being on. I loved uh, meeting you guys virtually and hearing about your story. And I hope you, uh, anyone listening and, and or watching was inspired by them just as much as I was. Make sure to follow them on their social media, which is linked in the video description on YouTube or in the show notes if you're just listening to the audio. If you made it all the way to the end, I really appreciate you listening i hope you you know enjoyed the episode and if you are enjoying the podcast i would really appreciate if you could you know follow us on instagram at how to relationship podcast leave a review um, that really helps people find it easier so any i don't know you uh, itunes uh, spotify wherever you're listening if you could give us a rating and review that would really really help as well you know or just share the podcast with any friends that you feel could benefit from it that would be amazing as well if you would like to be on the podcast or you know of a couple who would be great to have on please dm me on instagram or you can send an email which i'm going to link in the video description and show notes again i'm your host anais lucia and we'll see you next time on the how to relationship podcast